Proverbs chapter 11 this morning, Proverbs chapter 11. I'd like to talk about giving to missions, and we are uh, blessed. Our church has been blessed from day one with uh, missions giving, people that have been faithful to give and to commit to giving to uh, missions works. We've talked about before, it is, uh, I believe, the church's responsibility to send out or to help send out missionaries across the world. We have been given a commission by God to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, obviously, we individually cannot do that, but as a team, we can. And so our church, uh, we're praying, Lord willing, we'll one day have someone that we can send out of our church, an individual or a family that we can send out of our church. Uh, But for now, what we are doing is supporting and financially supporting, sending gifts each month to missionaries who are going to different places of the globe and starting churches or helping church plants or helping uh, start churches in uh, reaching the gospel, reaching the globe with the gospel, reaching the world with the gospel. And uh, so I want to talk this morning specifically about missions giving here in Proverbs 11. Look in verse 25. This, by the way, this chapter in Proverbs is not specifically about missions giving, but I believe um, without... Uh, tearing it out of context, I believe we can learn some valuable things about missions giving in it. So look in verse 25, Proverbs 11, verse 25 and verse 26. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him, but blessings shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. And again, in context, these are not talking specifically about missions givings, but I believe there is truths within this that we can apply to giving to missions that will be a help to us today. Lord, I pray for your help as we look at these verses and uh, these thoughts this morning as we prepare for our commitments for the next year in order to give to missions. Lord, I pray that you would encourage us. I pray that you would challenge us. Lord, I pray that you would grow us in our heart and in our mind towards our commitment to missions. God, that we'd be faithful to do exactly what you'd have us to do. Help me to present these clearly and correctly, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when it comes to budgets, we are oftentimes to do what the numbers show that we can do. Right? That's the whole idea of a budget. Here's the budget. Follow this budget. It's what the numbers prove that we can do. Had a conversation. I've had many conversations, uh, especially over the last 10 years, about budgets. and, uh, And you hear different things about them. Um, had one person say, I don't see how in the world that much money is going to come in. And I could just say, well, the numbers say that's exactly what's going to come in, according to the numbers that we have in front of us. Uh, and uh, that's the reason why we came up with that number. There is other people who would say, oh, we need to have more faith, and we should plan for this much more. And you say, well, but the numbers say we need to keep it in this general area. And uh, because we're planning a budget, we have to do it wisely. And uh, so we kind of follow the numbers when we're setting a budget. And when it comes to giving to missions, it's, it's very different, I believe, uh, at least. Uh, you can disagree with me if you want to, I suppose. But uh, I believe in missions, it's less about what we, the numbers prove we can do and more about just being obedient to what God says we should do. The, the, we talk about faith promise. The idea behind a faith promise commitment is, and I've heard it called grace giving. I've heard it called different things. It's all generally the same idea. 
is by faith I'm going to commit to give what I believe God has told me to give. And I'm going to trust God to provide for me to do so. So maybe the numbers don't, don't say I can do this, but God has told me to do it. So by faith, I am going to do it and trust God to provide it for me. And when we're talking about faith giving or even specifically missions giving, I believe it's less about what the numbers show that we can do. And it has to be more about what God has told us to do. Now, that doesn't mean that we should be, um, you know, okay, uh, in all of our giving, we should be giving what God's told us to do. So it's not just, okay, Lord, I know that I'm supposed to tithe, and some people say it's 10%. Some people tend to say 10% is a starting point, and they can do more than that. And some people say I should do differently, and whatever. Uh, we're not talking about tithing today, but, uh, but whatever God tells you to tithe, you should tithe. And whatever God tells you to give to missions, you should give to missions. So when you're talking about budgets, you should still obey God in the budget, even uh, no matter what happens. But in missions giving, we are looking at, and the way that we set it up at our church is to do it by faith. Okay, God, last year I gave this amount, and you provided for me every single month or week or however you gave. And God, you provided for me uh, in that, that giving and that commitment that you've given to me. So Lord, by faith this year, I'm going to give this, this amount. Um, our family always tries to raise it at least something every year, whether it's just $5 or 10 or 15 or 20 whatever it is. We've always, me and Katie, have always tried to raise uh, what we're giving each year, which is great when you started at $15 a month in your first year of marriage, and now you've been married for 14 years, and you raise it every year, and all of a sudden it's a little bit different of a number than it was 10, 15 years ago. But uh, the Lord has always provided for us to give to missions what He has told us to give to missions. Um, we, we have to understand that in giving, God provides. Uh, I believe we're taught to give. I believe we're taught to give above our tithe for special offerings, specifically for missions. And we cannot be stingy with God's money. You have to remember the money that you have is not yours. Um, you say, well, I worked hard for that. And I know there are times where different times in life where you've done something specifically to earn money and you worked really hard for it. And, and, uh, and even now just with jobs and you say, well, I put in so many hours and I worked overtime and I, I, I did this that I didn't want to do and I did all these things and I've earned that money. When you look at it from a worldly viewpoint, yes, it's your money. You've worked hard for it. If you're looking at it from a God viewpoint, it is God has provided for me this money. Provided me with a job, that provided me hours, that provided me overtime, uh, whatever it may be. Provided me extra opportunities to earn money on the side. Whatever it is, God provided it for me. Everything that I have is because God has allowed me to have it. And I cannot be stingy with that which God has provided for me. Uh, I think even just little things, uh, the, the things that we have in our church building, chairs, um, the pulpit, uh, things like that that we're not going to need at the next building, we could have the mindset of, oh, well, we could sell that for whatever amount of money. Uh, the way I look at it is it was given to us. If we don't need it, why not give it to someone else who can use it? And it's the idea of not being stingy with it. Uh, we have, at least I have a bargain mindset. I like to get things on a bargain. I like to find it for really cheap or free. Um, I, I found uh, uh, fence panels 
that were uh, leaning up against the side of somebody's house. I was treating their neighbor's house and I saw fence panels. And I thought, I could use those fence panels. So I went over and I knocked on the door. They didn't answer. So I wrote them a note, left them my business card with that as my cell phone number on it. It says, if you don't need these fence panels, I'd be happy to take them for you. Well, they called me, sure enough, I got free fence panels and I used it to put a fence up around our porch. And uh, you know, it's, and it looks better than had I just grabbed sticks out of the woods and done it. So, uh, uh, so I'm cheap and I like to find things on a bargain and I like to buy things or get things for free. And it's, it's easy for me to ask people to help me out Yet sometimes then when we turn around, because I'm cheap, I think, I wonder how much I could get for this. I wonder how much I could turn this for. I, I won't say names, even though you don't know them. Um, we had at the camp, uh, uh, at the end of the summer, a few months after the summer was over, we would have a lost and found, uh, um, you know, go get it, leftovers from camp where the staff could come in and uh, basically raid the lost and found and take whatever they wanted. Now, we gave it a couple months, so that way if people called and said, hey, I left this, you know, whatever they could do. But anyways, so you go in, you could find clothes, you could find hats, you could find cameras, you could find watches, you could find uh, all kinds of different things, belts, shoes, whatever, that, that kids would just leave at camp or adults would just leave at camp, and it was there. Well, there were some people who would find clothes that the kids bought just for camp and wore them like one time and then threw them in the floor and forgot about them, and they would take them and they would return them to a store. They'd find out what the brand was, okay, which store sells this, and go and return them. Now, I was young, and I still thought that was a little shady, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but the mindset is, is I'm cheap, and along with being cheap is how can I gain, right? How can I gain for little? And so if I can take something that I didn't have to pay for and go get money for it, that's, that's the cheap person. That's what they do. And... Um, and that's why it's, you have to be careful and cautious of what you give people. Um, you know, you think of weddings. Uh, this happens a lot with weddings. And you, you give gifts and the people get them and they're like, okay, I, I know people who've done this too. Um, it's nice to get all this stuff, but we'd more rather have more money. So we'll go and return all this stuff and get all the money for it. Um, which is fine, I suppose. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, and if you have duplicates, sure, you don't need two toasters or two whatever else. So anyways, uh, the idea is, is I didn't have to pay for this, but I can get money for it. And we can begin to get stingy with our money, yet not be very gracious with others. And, uh, and, and sadly, we fall into that more often than we should. So when we're talking about giving to missions, we need to remember that our giving is not our money, it's God's money. And our giving should be in obedience to what God has told us to give. We all have different needs. We all have different stuff that we need providing for, um, whether it be uh, medical stuff that comes up, whether it means vehicles that break or houses that break or different things like that. That we are going to need, uh, obviously have needs for. But God says, if I've told you to give this and you give it, I'm going to make sure you always have to give as well as provide for your needs along the way. So we see in these two verses a thought. And you can, the whole chapter is really good. Um, Proverbs compares a lot of wise and foolishness and things like that. And there's, there's different things in this chapter. But in these two verses, verse number 25 first, says the liberal soul shall be made fat. Now this is not political, okay? This is in giving. 
a person who gives liberally, a person who gives not just physical items, but gives of themselves, gives of their heart, gives of their compassion, uh, gives of their love, a person who is liberal in their soul, it says in verse 25, shall be made fat. Now again, in today's day, we hear the word fat and we think bad. Um, but the idea is fully satisfied, fully taken care of. The wealthiest of people in these Bible times were the fattest of people. Uh, they had the most food to eat. They had the most opportunity to be lazy. Um, they had people working for them, uh, using working for them lightly, uh, and those kinds of things. And so the wealthier were usually heavier. So the picture of the liberal soul shall be fat is a positive thing here. And in today's time, liberal and fat are not positive, at least not in my, my book. But nonetheless, uh, they are in this situation. So number one, a godly-minded giver uh, has... That's a typo. Um, a godly-minded giver will always be able to give. Uh, and that's exactly really what's looking at here. The liberal soul shall be made fat. The person who gives of themselves liberally will always have... To give the soul that blesses liberally will receive continuing blessings so that they can keep blessing again it's more than just finances but the person who is saying you know what um, I don't necessarily need these things so I can give them I don't necessarily need this money so I can give it I don't necessarily need this time so I can give of it uh, those sorts of things. The person who is, who, and even if they need it and they're willing to give it, it's giving liberally. It's how can I help? It's how can I serve? It's how can I be a blessing to someone else? That person is always able to bless others because as they bless, God blesses them. And again, we're not talking about getting rich, okay? But let's say that I'm going to say, okay, uh, I'm going to give up some of my time. I'm going to take time out of my schedule, out of my week, out of my month, whatever it is, to go and serve these people or this person. I'm just going to go be a blessing to them. What you're going to find is that God is going to bless you. He's going to give you something. Helping people usually brings joy. Um, people talk about, I, I like giving gifts better than receiving gifts. Well, you're crazy. Uh, but uh, I like giving gifts because to me, I, I find joy in it. I, I, I try to be thoughtful. I try to remember things uh, that was said, and, and this is something they weren't expecting, but I'm going to get it for them, and I know they're going to love it, and they, they open the gift, and they're excited about it. It brings me joy. If I'm living in constant depression, it's going to be hard for me to give joy to someone else. So God says the liberal soul, those who will bless people to bring joy to their lives, you're going to be blessed in return by God. You're going to be joyful as well, I believe. God's going to bless you. God may bring someone along your path that's going to bring you joy. Uh, God may bring you just joy from Himself. However it may be, God's going to say, if you're willing to give, and if you're going to be a godly-minded giver, you're always going to be able to give. In the, the second part of verse 25, it says, For he that watereth shall be watered also himself. When you water others with blessing, your water source is not going to dry up. You're going to, God's never going to say, I'm not going to let you bless people anymore. God's always going to give you a source in which you can bless others. 
whether it be again financially or just physically, emotionally, uh, being there for someone, helping them with a project, helping them do something, uh, whatever it is, God says if, if you're going to be a godly-minded giver, you're always going to have a source in which to give, some way, shape, or form. Uh, think of it this way. I've seen this example in, in, in talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit and things like that. But um, a water container is, uh, if it's not empty, there's no room for more water. Right? So I have a water bottle. It's not completely full because I took some, some drink out of it. So because it's not completely full, because it's partially empty, I could add more water to it. But if it was full, then there's no room for more. If you can think of it, and this is, this is minimalizing it to some degree, but if you can think about it this way with, with God's blessings for you. If you're full of blessings, then there's no more room. If you haven't emptied yourself into someone else, if you haven't blessed someone else, then there's no room for you to receive more blessing. Now you can, again, God can always bless, and, and, and so under, please understand my illustration here. But if I'm constantly pouring out blessings to other people, then it's going to make room for God to continue to fill, fill me up with blessings. But if I'm sitting there and I go, ahead, well, God's really been good to me. God's really blessed me. I'm sure going to soak this up. And then we just live life. We're going to begin to miss out on blessings because there's no room for them, so to say. And we're not going to be passing on to other people. A godly-minded giver is always able to give because as they empty of themselves, God fills. As they uh, give out, God restores the source. As they give joy, God brings joy. As they give finances, God brings finances. Um, I've, you know, this is kind of uh, the old guard, but nonetheless, churches, I've heard churches talk about, you know, if we're struggling financially, the last thing we're going to do is drop our missions giving. Because we believe that in giving to missions, God will bless our church and provide for our church. And I believe that as well. But with that comes the, the mindset of we're just going to be godly minded in our giving so that I'll always be able to give. Because God says the liberal soul will be made fat and him that watereth shall be watered also unto himself. So a godly minded giver will always be able to give. Number two, a godly minded giver will not be a collector kind of already talked about this, but look in verse 26. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him, but blessings shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. Uh, don't hoard God's blessings. Share them. And when blessings are very scarce in this world, because you, if you watch the news, you're not going to see a whole lot of blessings. Um, if you talk to your co-workers, you're, you're probably not going to hear about a whole lot of blessings. It's a little scarce right now in the world. Share what God has blessed you with. Your co-workers are going through a hardship, going through a hard time, and they're just saying, boy, this is really rough. This is really hard. You know what? God's taking care of me. God has blessed me. I want to try to help you out in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I've learned a lot of people, um, you know, just filling up a gas tank can be a real encouragement for them. Uh, providing a meal or a gift card so they can go get a meal can be a huge help. Bringing by some essentials, bread, milk, eggs, those kinds of things, can be a real encouragement to people. Uh, a phone call, a text message, uh, just a, a, hey, how you doing? 
uh, looking somebody in the eye and having a conversation with them. Because so many people will walk in in the morning and say, how you doing, with their head down, and keep walking. And if you'll take just five minutes in the morning with your coworkers to look them in the eye and ask them, hey, how you doing? How, how's it going? Um, you know, you know different things about your coworkers. I've got a coworker who's expecting his first child. His wife is expecting their first child. And, uh, and so I make it a point that when I see him to ask him, how's your wife doing? Uh, how's the baby doing so far? Uh, those kinds of things, just to try to, to let them know, I, I remember you're having a child and, uh, and, and whatever I can do just to be a blessing. And the more I talk to them, the more I can learn how to be a blessing to them. There's other people going through different things. Their spouses are teachers. And there's a lot of uncertainty about what's going to be happening here in the next month. Uh, there's people who have jobs that are still in danger of possibly closing down. There are people going through all kinds of health concerns, both them or their family members. There's a lot of things going on in the world right now, and so we might not be able to find blessings in the world, but we can find them with God. And so take what God has blessed you with and turn around and bless others. Don't be collecting blessings. Don't be the, the kind of person who uh, hoards uh, all the good things. You ever seen an Easter egg hunt before? You have kids who are enamored by the fact that there is an egg on the ground that you can open up and there's candy inside. And so they'll walk up to the first one, they'll pick it up, they'll open it up and see what's inside, then they'll show their parents, I got a chocolate bar or I got a uh, chocolate coin, I don't know why anybody ever gives those out, but uh, I've got whatever uh, here and whatever. Then you've got the other kids who know there's stuff inside the eggs, but they're going to wait to see what it is till after they've collected all the eggs and they're running around just scooping up eggs and throwing them in their basket or bag or whatever and they've like got these massive pile of of eggs and usually not all the time but usually I'll hear a parent say you need to go share those with everybody else or you'll have whoever's running the event say that kid needs to stop picking up eggs <laughs> um, whatever it is and it's the idea of I'm gonna get as much as I can and then I'm going to hold it all to myself. You see, when we're talking about being a godly-minded giver, we're not collecting blessings. We're using God's blessings to bless other people. Now, that doesn't mean if God blesses you with, with a financial gift that, that you could use to, to fix something that you've been praying for God to provide for that you go, well, God blessed me with this money, so I guess I ought to bless someone else with it, and you, you give it all away. All right, if you've been praying for it and God provided it for you, by all means, use it. But understand that, that you are blessed, and don't just collect, but also give. Be someone who gives out blessings. A godly-minded giver will always be able to give. A godly-minded giver will not be a collector. And then thirdly and lastly this morning, a godly-minded giver will be at peace. Um, peace is a hot commodity right now. Uh, everybody wants it. Uh, very few people are willing to do what it takes to get it. But a godly-minded giver will be at peace. Look in verse 17. It says, The merciful, merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. Then again in verse 25, The liberal soul shall be made fat. The idea here is... In verse 17, someone who is merciful, showing mercy to others, he doeth his own soul good. He's able to lay down at night, lay his head on the pillow, 
and be at peace with himself. Uh, his conscience is clear. He's at peace. The same is true with a liberal soul, a liberal giver, someone who is giving constantly. When his soul is fat, it is the idea of, again, being satisfied. When we're satisfied, we're at peace. And a godly-minded giver will be someone who, no matter what their situation is, if they've given what God has told them to give, they will be at peace about it. Um, there's been times, uh, too many times, but times where uh, God said, I want you to give this, this amount. And so we write the check out, and as the offering basket comes around, and you're putting the check in the offering basket, you're sitting there thinking, that's a lot of money for me. And drop it in, and you're still thinking, that's a lot of money for me. And you start thinking about lunch, or next week's lunch, or whatever's going on, and the plate or basket goes on down the, the row, and before long, the peace begins to come. Okay, God's told me to give it. I don't know why, because that's a lot of money for me, but he's going to take care of it. It happens nearly every year for, for me and Katie at Faith Promise Commitment Time. It's, if it was a one-time gift, that'd be one thing, but this is every month that we're doing this? All right. And again, what we give might be little to you, or might be a lot to you. I don't know. It's a lot to us. But when we pray about it, and we come together and we discuss what we're going to give. And some years Katie said, I feel like God wants us to give this amount. And it's more than what I thought. So we go with Katie's number. There's other times where I say, I think that we need to raise it by this amount. And Katie was thinking a little less. So we go with my amount. But every year after we fill out our commitment card, and we turn it in, we're at peace about it. And every year, every month, we're able to give to missions. And again, some people would look at our amount and go, boy, that's nothing. <laughs> but I look at it and go, that's, that is something. It doesn't fit our budget. It doesn't make sense, so to say. But we're at peace about it. There are times where we have guest speakers come through and take up a love offering. And, and uh, me and Kate talk about what we need to give in the love offering. And sometimes it's more than what we were hoping for. <laughs> but we give it, and God gives us the peace about it. There are times where God tells you, I want you to go bless this person, help them. Not, not financially, another way, physically. I want you to go help them. And your first thought is, but God, then I'm not going to have time to do this. Uh, then I'm going to be really tired for Monday. Then I'm going to do whatever. And all this happens and it goes through your mind. But if you'll just do it, God will give you the peace in doing so. A godly-minded giver is at peace. I was always taught growing up under the preaching that I grew up under that you cannot afford to not give. You cannot afford to not give. If God says to give it, you better give it. Whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's energy, whether it's compassion, whatever it is. You can't afford to not give it. You say, well, it doesn't make sense. God says to give this amount of money, and it just doesn't make sense. 
Well, if you don't give that amount of money, I'm going to uh, bet that you are going to need a lot more money than that very shortly. Because God's going to say, you did not give what I told you to give, and now you're going to find yourself in some, some financial trouble. All of a sudden, the car breaks down. I've met people who've told stories like this. God told us to give this in the offering. We didn't do it because we needed it for our car. We took the car in and all of a sudden it cost us more money with the car. We went back on Sunday and we gave the money and God provided for us to fix our car. It's not magic, okay? It's, it's not magic. It is God saying, obey me and I'll take care of you. And if we will give as God tells us to give, we'll always be able to give. If we're going to give as God tells us to give, then we're not going to be storing up. And I'm not talking about savings. It's okay to have savings. You should have some savings. But we're not going to be storing up blessings. We're going to be going out and blessing other people. And if we're going to give as God's told us to give, we're going to find ourselves at peace. It can be very nerve-wracking when you're initially giving. But I promise you, if you're being obedient to God, you're going to find peace about it very, very soon. You're going to be able to go to bed at night and say, God, I don't know why you wanted me to do this. I don't know why this amount. I don't know why this whatever. But God, I'm looking forward to watching you provide. I've ended a lot of prayers in the last few weeks with God. I'm looking forward to praising you for your provision. And I have been uh, flabbergasted to watch God provide. There have been times where I, you know, I said, God, I don't understand this. I don't know this. When Shane called before I met with him, God, I'm not really sure what's going to happen here. Met with Shane, God, you know, okay, I'm looking forward to watching you provide for us. All right, God, you found us a place. Everybody's on board with it. It costs a little bit of money. I'm looking forward to watching you provide for it. All right, Lord, that bank said no. Looking forward to watching you provide for it. All right, Lord, that bank said yes. I'm looking forward to watching you provide for it. And maybe next week we'll come back and say, all right, Lord, you provided for that. Now we're looking forward to watching for your next provision of this next need. You see, a godly-minded giver is going to be at peace with what's happening because, you know what, our church has been faithful to give. Since... We started on April 20th in August of that year, 2014. We had our first, first missions conference and faith promise commitments, and we added three missionaries, $150 a month, $50 each, $150 a month. At that time, I believe it was six adults. Eight adults at the time of the commitment, six adults after the commitment. One person working a full-time commission job. <laughs> it's it was going to be interesting. God provided every step of the way. Before long, we were able to raise support. Before long, we were able to add missionaries. You see, had our church went into it, and I believe this with all my heart, and we started the church and said, God, we'll give to missions after the church can pay my salary. I was told by some, 
that that's what we needed to do. I said, I don't, I don't agree. <laughs> I think our church needs to be giving right off the bat. And I'm so thankful that our church has always had that mindset of giving. And, you know, it's something I do pray about still. I'd love to be full-time pastor. Uh, I was that in Indiana, and it was great. I'd be much better at it now after learning things there. But nonetheless, um, the day will come. And I still pray about that and say, God, I'm looking forward to your provision in that. But until that time comes, God, we're just going to be faithful to give as you've told us to give. And we're just going to watch you provide. And he's done it every single step of the way. A godly-minded giver will always be able to give. A godly-minded giver will not be a collector, but a giver. And a godly-minded giver will be at peace. There's nothing better than following God. And if you'll do it, and specifically if you'll do it in regards to missions giving for the next 12 months, you will be at peace. You will always have to give. And you'll be able to consistently be blessing people because God will be blessing you. So be a godly-minded giver and be prayerful about what God would have for you to do in the months ahead. Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the different lessons that we learned from it. And God, there's a lot more in Scripture about giving, but Lord, I pray that today we would understand these, uh, these verses of understanding that if we will give, Lord, you will bless. And God, I pray that our mindset would not be what can I gain, but Lord, it would be what can I give. And God, I pray that you would help us to continue as a church, as a unit. Lord, that you would uh, use us to be a blessing to others. And in regards to missions, God, I pray that our gifts to our missionaries would be a true encouragement and a true blessing. Lord, that would have an impact in uh, churches being started and the gospel being presented across the globe. And Lord, as we sit and we watch you work, and Lord, as we've been praying for the provision that our church needs, God, we will continue to give faithfully and continue to wait patiently for your blessings, Lord, for your answered prayers. God, we look forward to praising you for your upcoming provision. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.